0: our tech weekly one step closer with Stacey Harrison, John Seltzer and every time I hear that music, I want to learn how to clog and I can't <laughs> imagine anything that would look dumber how are you Stacey?
1: it's a picture right now that I'm imagining that I'm, that's an image I'm not sure that, that's really young would, would do you better we could turn not, this into yeah. a
0: comedy show right away here's John exactly. clogging and falling down
1: <laughs> exactly but it definitely is music that brightens the day a little bit, and I think, um, in the current situation in the current market, anything that makes you feel a little bit lighter is a little bit better. And, and the image of you clogging actually is quite, quite smile-worthy. So,
0: <laughs> I think
1: it, it gives us both things.
0: Yep. Yeah, anybody anybody who's listening who wants to point me to clogging lessons, I'll buy. You. Um, <laughs> The what, and That's the question of the day. What's the best YouTube clogging video?
1: Oh, now we're going to have
0: to go find it
1: <laughs> to see if the listeners can send it in for you, John.
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, so how are you?
1: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Lots of changes going on in the Sierra Cedar world um, that we'll have some updates on in a couple of weeks, but all good stuff. And the Sierra Cedar survey has launched. Um, so from a work perspective, um, the annual HR system survey is out now. Um, so if you're, you're going to start seeing it um, uh, out and about in different venues. Um, so that's always a big part of my uh, spring timeframe. So even though everything's been a little bit um, wonky because of what's going on with the pandemic and, and sort of the changes going on in the work environment, um, we um, are were able to get the survey updated, added some interesting questions about what people were doing in the um, Uh, COVID crisis management um, uh, space right now to the survey, and we launched it uh, just last week. So I'm doing well and enjoying some sunshine today after a rainy week last week. And how about you, John? How are things going for you, both at the work and in your um, shelter-in-place home in California?
0: Well, it's it's interesting. I'm I'm as busy as can be, and, and so that's that's a surprise. It's a really weird contrast to the news that you're hearing. I, I did discuss. I didn't. I'm not going to get my my great novel written in the in the lockdown period. Um, um, and I talk to people from all over the place, and it, and it's it's so weird. Um, anybody that I talk to who has a clear grasp of the actual numbers thinks that this is going to last a really, really long time. And yet my end basket is filling with plans for reopening. Yeah. You, you know, it's, it's, it's as if the will the there's this sort of deep and it's bipartisan. It's not just, it's mm-hmm. not just one side or the other, but, but, but people from both ends of the political spectrum, seem to be agreeing on this let's restart thing and everything that i read says that that's going to cause a second wave of this that will make this first wave look tame um and and so so i'm trying to make some sense out of that and I, 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 i i don't know how to make sense out of it it's a crazy crazy time
1: yeah no i i mean and and you know Around the globe, I think other countries are are in this not not having the same challenges. I, I think there a lot of them are are talking about reopening, but with a lot more structure and government oversight um, is what we're seeing. Particularly Asia Pacific countries, but even in Europe, I talked to a couple of friends in Europe, and they're like, "Yes, we're talking about opening, but some very serious requirements of every company who opens." Right? Um, I think that's the piece that that's the most I don't even know if you want to call it, it's concerning, but it's also um, scary that, that, you know, uh, the idea that, you know, freedom is an important part of what we have here in the United States is important, but it also could be one of the most deadly things we're going to face because we're uh, companies that are, are required companies right now who are required to stay open are not being held accountable to OSHA requirements or CDC requirements. And companies who are and states and governors who are saying uh, um, businesses that can open are are not putting in place. And again, it's it's. I agree with you. It's not a partisan issue here. They're not putting in place requirements for businesses around what they have to do. Right? It's it's pretty much an open field. Every company is taking their own take on how they have to address this. But they are reopening without a doubt.
0: Yeah, it's weird. It's just it's it's just weird. Um, th- this is sort of what happens when the government doesn't do its job. Um, And I'm, I am um, concerned about, you you know, there's so many things I read a piece this morning about the traffic jams that are going to be caused when things reopen because nobody will take mass transit. Yeah. And so the trains will be empty and the highways will be clogged. Um, um, And that just just can't be good. And and if they're clogged as much as they're saying, that'll put the food supply at risk. Because if everybody's in a traffic jam trying to get to work because they're not taking mass transit, then the trucks that deliver the food can't get through. Yeah. So. yeah it's
1: but but I mean and and we're we're talking about this as to what it what it will be when it does reopen but today currently you were telling me that we're we're at thirty three million people in the United States alone that are that are currently claiming unemployment this week is that no you, no no, no no
0: it's thirty three million in the last six weeks so that's oh, that's wow. thirty three million on top of the what would it be on top of the 10 or 12 million who were officially unemployed going into, going into this. So it's, it's almost 50 million people in total are unemployed in the United States. And that's 50 million people who are in the workforce uh, who, who hadn't given up hope on finding a job. And and that's, that's, that's awful close to 30% unemployment. Um, But what's really interesting, just to pick up the earlier thread, what's really really interesting is the Washington Post reported this morning that 77% of those people who have been laid off believe they're going back to work, and that they're going back to their jobs, and that hasn't happened in a recession. In a, you know, since since the country was heavily unionized, people went back to their jobs after the recession. <laughs> you, you know, generally speaking, you get laid off and you are looking for a job somewhere else. You're not waiting for um, your old job to come and rediscover you. So I th- I think there are some people who have unrealistic expectations about what's what's going to happen who are going to be very unhappy.
1: Um. Yeah, I would agree. It's, it's, it's. Um, I do think there, you know, there's, a, there is a, a, an actual sort of regulatory distinction between furloughs and layoffs, right? Um, and this in the survey we're asking this year, what are you doing to address, um, within your organization to address the COVID nineteen crisis? And we have a, a series of questions that ask about whether or not people are being, you know, um asked to, you know, reduce salaries, whether or not we're seeing um, furloughs, whether or not we're seeing layoffs of no plans to bring people back. Um, and it is interesting. There are more furloughs right now. Obviously, the data is raw. We only, you know, have, you know, a couple um, hundred respondents, but um, we haven't done a lot of cleaning on, on any of it. But it, but I think it does go to show that there is an expectation of being brought back, especially in that, with that if that language is being used around people, right? That's right, but it's that's not right. a requirement, you, I don't think.
0: Yeah. Yep, yep. If business picks up, you can come back. Is what f- yeah. what furlough means. But I I don't get the sense that three quarters of the people who are applying for unemployment are um, being furloughed. Right. That's that's the number that we'd want to know, and I and I don't know the answer to that.
1: Yeah. No, it's, so, it's definitely a thing to see where the market's going to head. But yes, but we still have news going on. Lots of stuff's still going on in the HRTX. Like you said, your inbox is filled, right? Um Yep,
0: yep. We're, yep. This,
1: we're seeing this thing is all hit. kinds of stuff. Go ahead. Oh I was just gonna read through the list of the, the, the articles, so go ahead. <laughs> yep. Well well I just wanted to,
0: I just wanted to sort of underline that that this is not like other times. So so instead of a broad economic meltdown, which is what other recessions have been, this is this is a change in which some industries and organizations are experiencing explosive growth, and um, some well, maybe maybe the sort of mid ground is some product lines are growing and some product lines are failing. And then there's, then there's outright failure. And so that means that, that there's a lot of business being done. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of business being done, but it's niche. It's not, it's not everybody everywhere needs a new ATS. It's, yeah. it's people who are, who yeah. are in the rearranged retail supply chain are hiring like crazy. Um, so now let's do the list cognizant <laughs> is acquiring collaborative solutions go
1: they are this is this is actually not a not a surprise but it, but i think it gets back to a lot of what you're talking about a lot of the stuff that we're going to talk about today is is in a reaction it it, it, it it's it's basically betting on the horses they think are going to win right in this particular case um cognizant acquiring collaborative solutions, collaborative solutions is a workday implementer um and uh, HR technology strategy transformation organization. And so this follows suit with what we've seen across the board. Most of the boutique small workday implementers are, are being sort of picked up by all the big players in the market. Um, at the same time, we're seeing organizations like Vinly um, receiving $8.5 million in Series B funding. Now, Vinley is known as a, a vendor management system, basically, but it's a contingent workforce management system is really what it is um, on the vendor management side, managed by managers. And so I think you're going to see, again, that, yes, people might be brought back to work, but will they be brought to work back to work as full-time? So maybe we're betting a little bit more on this contingent conversation, right? Um, we also are seeing organizations like CareerArc launching AI-powered video assessments to give job seekers competitive edge in, in their um uh, job search, which basically means we're taking that video interviewing tools that everybody's little, uh, it's giving us analysis and, and, and judging people, and and maybe or maybe not is, is something that we should be using to make selections of people. They're sort of flipping that around to give you insights as to how you interview, which is a different take on it. Um, and then we're seeing um, also um, ServiceNow in the um, news this week. So ServiceNow is... Um, Launched. This was supposed to be, I think this week or last week was supposed to be their their users conference. They had a bunch of sort of announcements around sort of what would have been their users conference. But the big thing they announced was a new employee workflow to support um, safety for employees and customers who are bringing people back to work. But more interestingly is they acquired a, uh, an item called for facility assets um, from one of their system integrator partners, um, AppFormation, which is a tool that helps you basically um, log out or schedule things like desks and elevators and all the things that you would want to schedule for people who want to stay away from each other. Interesting stuff there. Um, We're also seeing new Grant Thornton. Um, Again, along with the COVID idea, uh, Talent Mobility Technology provides one-stop solution for HR professionals. It's a a very bad um, announcement title, but basically what they're doing is Grant Thornton is adding a technology component to their tax and consulting services that help companies manage the tax complications they're going to get, at least as far as I'm reading this, from having all these mobile workers who might now not be in the locations they would have normally worked, right? Um, so there's a mm-hmm. lot of stuff there going on with mobility. Um, and yeah. So So everything that I've got this week is really talking about a reaction to what's happening in our market, right, or betting on where we think the market's going to head and what's going to be important. So, um, And then if we get some time, Best Company launched their 26 World Changing Ideas Award this weekend, so there's some fun stuff in there. Um, But what do you think, John? I mean, let's just talk about Cognizance. This acquisition of, of of the workday boutique firms, I mean, we just saw, I mean, my, my own personal uh, company, Sarah Cedar, uh, sold their, their workday practice to uh, Accenture uh, just a, a few months ago. Um, we saw a couple other examples of this early on in the, the year. This idea of, of buying at boutique firms and, and banking on HR as a big part of these big consulting firms' practices, does this make sense, do you think, for where the market's going to be at? You know, look at, you know, the fall and and, um,
0: 2021 early. Well, what happens at this point in a recession is uh, little companies start to look like bargains for bigger companies. Um, And so you get to you get to do several things all at once, right? You get to acquire the new company and its technology in an environment where it's okay to lay a bunch of people off. Yeah um and so so in some ways these are just complicated layoffs um and um i don't know i don't know i i don't really think that what you get when you acquire a lot of little pieces is a bigger overall whole piece but that's the operating theory for these things is that you can sort of buy your way into integrated wholeness um and so the real proof of the pudding here is going to be uh, somewhere down the road. Um, yeah. and, I, always, and the fact that, the, you know, this, the, the little companies are cheap right now, inexpensive cheap.
1: They're cheap. And the people who go to work for little companies generally kind of like working for little companies, right? That's part of why they did it. So it's always interesting to watch, you know, two years on. Usually there's some sort of agreement that at least some of the talent or senior level talent must stay, right? Um, And and with that they have bonuses and things like that, right? Um, But, you know, as soon as those agreements or or items are sort of completed, then you start to see the exodus because there's definitely a a personality that enjoys working in big companies and a personality that enjoys working in small companies, right? And those two are oftentimes – in real contradiction with each other.
0: Yep.
1: That's right. So you want to look
0: at them in particular?
1: Well, I mean, what do you think about the con work uh, the contingent workforce tools that are that are now talking more about contingent labor? I mean Vinley receiving eight point five million dollars, not a huge amount of money, but it to me, I think you know, we were talking a lot about the gig economy, which is a little bit different from the contingent workforce economy, right? The gig economy is with the idea that I can sort of be my own boss and go do what I want to do. The, the contingent workforce is a little bit more oftentimes like, I'm hiring you temporarily because I'm not sure how long I'm going to need these these roles, right? Um, do you think we're going to see, as, as we do start to open up the market, more contingent hiring and and that done it from the managers and other sides of the company than HR? Um, Or do you think that, that we're going to go back to more traditional hiring models as people sort of start coming back to organizations in the next six months?
0: Nobody who has ever laid people off wants to hire people again. (laughs) It's just, it's just, it's, 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 well, well, if, if, if you just finished laying people off and you think it's a good idea to start hiring people again, you might've missed what the layoff process was like. It's really, really, really sad and unpleasant to, have to lay somebody off. And so, so it is, um, normal that the way that companies, the way that companies reestablish themselves is by, um, testing out whether or not there are things. And that's where the contingent workforce in this description of it um, matters. And so so what happens is people who used to have full-time jobs end up in, in contractual relationships with fixed schedules associated with them. Um, and um, I think you'll see a lot of that. I think you'll see a whole lot of that.
1: And I think the big conversation for HR is to keep an eye on how many companies, and particularly their managers, are unaware of the HR regulations around how you can leverage contingent workers, right? I mean, that's, that's a big part of these tools is that they should manage the regulations that go with having someone work for you in a contingent model versus a full-time employee model. Because a lot of people treat their contingent workers like their full-time employees, right? Right. Um, And there's some real laws and regulations around that. So I think that will be definitely a part of the HR challenge over the next um, couple of uh, months as they start bringing people back, at least in that fashion. What do you think about career art sort of flipping the idea of video interviewing and, and video assessments on their head and sort of making it more of a personal asset, you know, sort of? It, it will it will use AI and insights that, it, that it's gathering from, from you doing a, a pretend video interview to give you feedback on your own interviewing style. I mean, there's definitely been coaching like that for years, so that's not something new, but this time there's that Career is saying they've got a artificial intelligence tool that is helping do that. Um, is this a better use of that technology or is this just the same technology being sort of leveraged in another way and so not really all that important or...?
0: There's a lot of of confusion and sort of whimsical debate about whether or not you can do personality assessment by um, applying machine learning techniques to video data. Um, And you know, you immediately think about things like um, facial tics, um, uh, other physical disabilities, um, uh, the cameras, known problems with being able to identify um, uh, people as people given their skin tone. Um, and so, and so, and so, so right now using video as an assessment tool has a, um, um, a pretty dark uh, reputation. Um, and, and so the idea that you would use it on yourself, well, it relieves the company of liability. Um, <laughs> yeah. the, the idea that, that, It's too creepy and flawed to use in um, um, regular interviewing sessions means that what you should do instead is use it on yourself. (laughs) Yes. That's that's a stretch. (laughs) That's That's a stretch.
1: It's, um, it's definitely it, it does makes, make, me, I was it does make me
0: want to go yeah. try to, to hack the system, right? Because right. video is immensely hackable. Um, but, but here we go. It says you can get a soft skills and character traits report within five minutes by talking to a video. Doesn't that sound like one of those Facebook games that you play so that it can collect data about you?
1: a little bit, but but I, but I on the other hand, I mean, paying the other side of this, I do think, you know, I mean, having been often in the position um, where I, you know, well, I shouldn't say often, but in the past where I have been laid off and from very large companies, um, having career counselors and career coaches was probably one of the most important things for me, right? Actually, some of my, my dearest and longest-term friends uh, Connie Cordero um, was my career counselor after leaving uh, the last company um, that I was ever laid off from uh, at a corporate level, um, 2008 uh, industry downturn. And she was so helpful in helping me understand my own sort of challenges, right? And and what I didn't see about myself, you know, but if we're talking 33 million people, John, right, that you just mentioned, there's not enough career coaches to do that, right? So, and and the only the people who were at my company when I was at off who were salaried got that kind of opportunity, right? Even the slightest bit of that um, for someone who does, you know, comes from maybe a more hourly level job or didn't get that kind of a service offering from their company, because a lot of companies don't offer that kind of service. Um, I think it's, is helpful right so I get where you're coming from and there could be some damage done without a doubt but I do think that um, just some, something that helps with a little bit of confidence is also a positive thing in these days too right
0: well well yeah it doesn't read like that's what they're doing but you're right you're right that that there is a looking for work is horrible looking for work in an economy where there aren't any job you know the reason that there are 33 million people who are out of work is there aren't any jobs all right so so it's a hyper competitive um high rejection rate pursuit to look for work um it's very very discouraging to look for work and so anything that gives you a confidence boost um well, probably not anything. I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend a shot of courage as a way of um, <laughs> um, <No. laughs> uh, navigating unemployment. I think that's got pretty dark downsides. <laughs> but, <Yeah. laughs> but 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 there there are many things that that are good confidence boosters, and and this could be one of them. You're right.
1: Well, we've got, you know, a couple other things that are sort of along these same lines, things that are trying to help the companies or the the employees or those who are out of work. Um, ServiceNow, this is an interesting, you know, we've seen a lot of we've got a new workflow for your COVID crisis management model, right? So there's a lot of that here about supporting safety for employees um, and customers returning to work or returning to your environment. What sort of caught my eye, which is interesting with the ServiceNow, is that They acquired a piece of technology called four facility assets off of a a system integrator that, you know, it's probably more like IP, I would assume, right? A a, a tool that um, basically um, allows the organization to prioritize, um, um, basically allows employees to reserve desks, offices, parking spots. decide when people should be leaving and, and you know, sort of scheduling leaving times out the doors. I talked to someone the other day who said that in Brooklyn, um, in big apartment buildings, they have to schedule time to use the elevator and they only get to be in the court for the courtyard of their big buildings you know, for half an hour. So you have to schedule when you're going to leave for grocery shopping and when you're going to like that kind of scheduling rate seems crazy, but that's the kind of stuff people are going to have to do to go back to these big companies. Right. And so that's what ServiceNow yep. basically acquired this branch in.
0: It. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's it's going to be it's going to be fascinating to watch the experiments, and it's going to be terrifying to see the consequences of the failures. Um, yeah. Yep. Yep. And then we have Grant Thornton. Um, why is yeah. Grant Thornton offering a one-stop solution for HR professionals?
1: First of all, I think the language here is just really, it, again, sort of so bland and consultative that you don't know exactly what they're offering, right? <laughs> but if you look at it, um, they're they're offering a configured um, use of Equus, i think that's how you pronounce it—software assignment pro platform, which is basically a, a piece of technology. Um, and my understanding, if I understand this correctly, is that it will manage domestic and international regulatory tax and compliance issues associated with mobile workforces. And why this becomes really important right now is if your company generally has most of your workforce working in one country, one state, one location, right, or if you have people who are traveling on a regular basis and you kind of know where they're traveling to and doing most of their work, right, in this environment where we have people in different countries, they got caught there, or if they, we have remote workers who are working in their home offices and their home office is across the state line. And I don't know the answer to this, but does that now mean that they have to pay the state taxes because they're working inside one state versus where your headquarters is at, right? That's my assumption of what this is kind of tool is going to be able to help organizations manage a little bit better. But.
0: Okay, that makes a whole lot more sense to me than, than, <laughs> than my first first reading of this. Thank you.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's a bit of hype around what I think is actually a very necessary thing for HR functions. So well, yeah, had, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I really wish we could talk to some of these marketing professionals and tell them not to like like if there were words not to use, uh, definitely one of the most important things would, would be talent mobility technology. All of those are words that make you know are so general in the market. Right, one stop right. solution right? <laughs> says nothing. Right.
0: Right. Yep. Yep. That's the, well, maybe that's, that's the interesting thing to, to, to close on the, the change that we're going through is extraordinary. Um, um, And people who do marketing in this environment have a great opportunity to make a great difference, but the easiest thing to do is to sound just like everybody else. And so there's, there's no, better time to focus on what makes you different uh, than than right now when uh, you know, I can't tell who you are because you're the seventy-first person who's uh, sent me a piece of email this morning about something about COVID-19.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And the one-stop shop for all your needs, right?
0: (laughs) There you go. There you go. Well, this was not as upbeat as we could usually get but but it was a good conversation. Thanks for doing this Jason. Yeah.
1: Definitely, yeah. Um and and uh, excited to to see what we're going to get into in the next couple of uh weeks. I think there will be a lot more uh, interesting and upbeat information hopefully that we'll be able to share with people around you know, well, upbeat might be the wrong word, but but interesting information yeah. as companies start to reopen, right? <laughs>
0: Y- yes, yes. Um the the maybe the headline will be Lemmings Engage in very upbeat and lively march towards the cliff. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> On that
1: note. All right. Play the Irish music, John.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, time for me to start clogging again.
1: Yeah.
0: See you next week and thanks again, Stacey. Bye bye. Yeah.